to show. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Off the Mats Podcast. And today's guest for the podcast, look, man, we've been trying to do this for a while, and we almost had another uh issue this go around and it, it, it there's something out there not letting us record um our guest for this episode is actually um as you all know i tend to communicate with most people through instagram and actually we met through kind of a where I, I was following your, your account for a while but there's something that happened with it was like McDojo life. And... Wasn't there something involved with, Mc... with, my, with Rob and like maybe a, mm-hmm. a company and we all kind of came together to, yeah, I, I think it was like yeah. elite sports or something. I don't want to like mention any yep. names and, you know, but I think that's what it was. Um, yeah. yeah. Rob, Serendipitous. Rob took over. Rob was like, Oh, y'all got static with them. Well, you know what? I was already building the case. So, yep. and then yep. he connected us with you. And so, as I'm doing this big intro and explanation, I want to welcome to the show Mr. Matt Wallstrom, also known as Epic Roll BJJ. Welcome to the show, Matt. Thank you for doing this and thank you for your patience in, in all this chaos. How are you? My, my pleasure, brother. I'm great. I'm great. It's so good to finally make it happen. Good, good. Yeah, we, we were supposed to record sometime last year and same circumstances, power outage, and then that power outage took my internet out. And I, I think I did record two episodes with, with a couple people without the internet, and the quality was so bad. And I was like, I'm not doing that again. And yeah. then life just kind of took off. And I was like, shit, all right. And, and during that time, I think what was going on, on your end, there's a lot of big stuff going on with Epic Roll. Uh, and, and as I'm watching, I was like, God, oh, I wanted to talk with him about it so badly, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but Matt, yeah, yeah, uh, was like, kind of, you know, I, I guess for us here on off the mats, kind of like, I, I guess, you know, quickly, you know, share with us and kind of catch us up. What all took place? Uh, was it last spring? I believe. Yeah, it was, uh, with the partnership. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so I, years ago, I, this was actually before COVID, I was introduced to Zoe through my business partner for my fitness bottle, uh, for the one bottle. And they, they were friends. They had, they had known each other. And actually, they, um, they co-own BC Rich Guitars. And there was some stuff there. So, so John had introduced me to Zoe, uh, Zoltan Bathory, who was the... Uh, founding member of the band five finger death punch. And, um, so he had introduced me to him and I knew he was a jujitsu guy. So I had sent him some, uh, some epic roll gear stuff for him to wear. And John hooked my wife and I up, um, with him to go to one of their shows up in PA. So we went up there and, um, that was one of the first times like I met him and it was really cool. He had us on the side stage and brought us up during the concert and 
was just super kind and generous. And, and his wife, Heather Gracie, was also there. Um, so I was able to meet her. And we had such a good time. And, and I remember when we left that event, I looked at my wife and I was like, man, Zoe is such a cool guy. Like, how awesome was that? Wouldn't that be awesome if he was my business partner for Epic Roll? And I just you know, put it out into the universe and, and said that. And we kind of both jokingly laughed about it. Like, yeah, right. You know, and, um, and then flash forward three years later, they're my business partners for Epic Roll. So, um, yeah, it was, it was basically, you know, he had not only started to wear the, the gear, which he became then a, an immediate fan of. Um, but then he kind of kept meeting people. This is what he had told me. He's like, you know, I keep meeting people that, know you and that are wearing epic role and really like you and, and really support the brand. And I just, he's like, I just think it's so weird that, you know, we have this same mutual business partner who's like, you know, this guy who you just wouldn't even know about if you didn't know him. And, um, yet yeah, super connected. And we had just all this crossover in our, in our sort of network and circle. And, he was like, look, what do you think about partnering up on, you know, Epic Roll and kind of taking this to the next level, which, you know, for me, I, I had been really in a flux of trying to figure out what I was going to do to, to take it and continue to grow the brand because as one single person, you know, it's like very hard to do resources, financially, everything. And yet I had had plenty of people offer to invest in Epic Roll and to want to buy in, but I didn't need just money. I didn't need just a money partner. I sort of needed somebody who had some other intangible values and, and skill sets that could be used um, to kind of elevate this, you know, whether it was marketing, design. I mean, again, I was designing all of, you know, every design that you see out there. Um, I was designing all this stuff. I was I was doing every Instagram post, every you know, everything. And so it was just a lot on my shoulders. And then, you know, come to find out, Zoe had an extensive background in marketing and design. Um, he was he's re actually really talented in that arena. And that's another thing that is a passion for him. So um, so there was a lot of things that sort of just made sense. And within a very short period of time, we had negotiated everything and had the legal paperwork done. And him and Heather became you know, partners and owners of the brand. And since then, it's just been like an amazing ride because we've traveled all over the country together. We've trained with, you know, some of the top guys out there. We went to Austin and trained with all, you know, Donaher and Marigali and, you know, all, all these amazing people been out in LA with Eddie Bravo. And um, so, so that was really, really fun. And it was just, it sort of helped add a little, you know, a lot more street cred, I guess, to the brand and really put some financial resources in place that were not previously available. So we kind of came together with the collective goal of making Epic Roll the biggest jujitsu brand on the planet. And uh, that has been sort of our, our ongoing mission and kind of where we're projecting now. Nice, nice. When I first actually, I think, saw your products, uh, it, it was through a couple other uh, grapplers out in LA who who was uh, they were running a podcast. I believe it was the Jiu Jitsu Happy Hour, okay, and yeah. I, I think I followed you off of them. And then after that, everything else happened. But 
since you know then like especially since the spring I've, I've just been seeing your post i've been seeing epic roll everywhere and i'm like dude like that's you know any of us who's on social media with any kind of a name or anything that's kind of where we look we're like dude like that's the next step you know like you're saying you're trying to figure out you know how to take it to the next level and you know there you have it dude that that's awesome I didn't know, you know, what I was doing. I mean, this was like just something that that started by me making, you know, gear for myself. I wanted to make comfortable gear that fit well with, you know, good designs and um and then, you know, it sort of transcended from just becoming like I didn't want to we don't want to become a a t-shirt design company where the success is all predicated on your next like wacky design or witty design or whatever it is i think in the beginning to grow the brand i had to i had to really design some some like staple you know pieces to put in the catalog to get people's interest because just the name alone if you were to put epic roll on just a, you know a black rash guard like we do now um people would be like what is this you know what what is it so so there's some level of just um balance there with with creating designs but the idea being that we become the you know quote-unquote nike of of jujitsu and and um and you know the apparel side of it so um so that's that's been our goal um as of late and we started making a lot of gear for a lot of companies a lot of different academies across the country and not only athletes and um, influencers and musicians, but, but also academies. And surprisingly that became like a really big part of our business model and has become that now. Um, because you know, it's everything we're doing is co-branded with Epic Roll, So it's fantastic branding for us. And, and that was sort of the approach. It was just really grow at grassroots. And that was one of the things that stood out to Zoe as he was like, you know, I'm really impressed with how, much you've grown this and how many people and specific people are behind the brand with basically like a shoestring budget and just one dude you know and and so i think his thought was with the right tools and resources and team that could just reach you know bigger and better heights so um so that's that's kind of you know where we are at the moment yeah and i mean you know it shows you know especially the hard work because i think you know, you you could have anyone where you can give them the resources and sometimes, you know, if the resources can be there, but if the the hard work and, and you know, the determination isn't there where the resources go, it right. doesn't go anywhere. So just seeing where you've taken it after, you know, the fact just goes to show it's like, look, you had a, you know, a plan, an idea. And it's like, I, I think that's where a lot of us fall into kind of that trap, like you said, with the T-shirt designs. You know, it all starts with T-shirts. And sometimes you get stuck with T-shirts. And you're like, well, no, wait a minute. We, we can do more than T-shirts. And, mm -hmm. you know, now you're, you're, you know, like you said, the Nike of the jiu-jitsu world where, you know, I, I opened up Instagram and someone, someone new has on Epic Roll. And I'm like, Nice. And, uh, you know, I've got some of your mugs because I'm a mug collector collector. So yeah. I was like, OK, which, you know, a lot of, <laughs> you know, a lot of designs are on your rash guards and, and shirts and stuff. So it's like, OK, well, you know, that's next. <laughs> you know, first, let me in my wife. She's like, OK, enough with the mugs. <laughs> like, 
Like we don't have space. I'm not allowed so to like, collect mugs either. Cool. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, I gave my wife a hard time about mugs when we had our old apartment. I was like, "What are you doing with all these mugs? Like, you're not drinking from these things. Like, you get like yep. 20 mugs, and now I've got like 40 mugs. So, <laughs> you know. I collected shot glasses for like the big part of my young adult life. Like everywhere I was going, but I would get like really cool ones. I mean, people were. I got ones from like wooden ones from japan and metal ones from scotland and all these so like i kept some but like you know i'd go to virginia beach and get a shot my wife's just like you're killing me with this shot glass thing so i was i had to dispose of a bunch of them and i was only allowed to keep like the really you know the really good ones um so so i kind of halted i was like all right no more shot glasses that's fine I, I was in the shot glass game as well at one point Every, you know if i went to a state i had i made a point to always get a shot glass and my buddy, he was in the army and uh, he had spent time over in Kuwait. So he sent me a Harley Davidson uh, shot glass from Kuwait. And I was like, okay, that's cool. And my wife was like, all right, enough with the shot glasses. Mm -hmm. This is getting out of hand. I was like, okay, I got to keep Michigan because that's where I'm from. I got to keep Delaware because that's where I moved to. I got to keep this one from Kuwait because my buddy sent me this. The rest of them you know, can go and, you know, but we have our things. We all have our things and, and compromises. 100%. Uh, so looking at just everything that you've done up to this point and, um, you know, where you've come from, th did you ever like, you know, even when starting jujitsu or, you know, let's take it back, you know, to Epic Roll, starting, you know, making your shirts and everything, you know, was it ever an ideal in your mind? Like you say, you're starting, start off by making gear for yourself. Did you ever think to yourself, you know what, this is going to be a big thing? You know, did you have that vision like, you know, like Jim Carrey wrote a million dollar check to himself and was like, I'll cash this on this date. Did you ever have that moment where you're like, this is going to be something special? Or was it just more like, all right, I'm just going to kind of keep it home base right now and we'll work as we work. So I, I don't think I had the idea that it would be even as big as it is right now, or I would be in the position I am right now with the people that I'm involved in. I think that, you know, was the last thing from my mind. But what I, what I did know is that I, I'm, I come from a, you know, sales and marketing and design background. And so I have somewhat of a, of an eye for design and, you know, so I looked at the name and I looked at the logo and I was like, this is, this is kind of cool. Like it's not, it's not too masculine, not too feminine. It's kind of like middle of the ground. It's, it's the word Epic is synonymous with like everything cool and used all the time. And, and, and it just, you know, I came off of like rolling with one of my buddies and was like, oh, that was an Epic role. And then I just like, I was like, oh, it's kind of cool. And, and that was like kind of the inception of the idea of the name. Um, but I was continuously motivated through these little milestones because I found out about drop shipping, which allowed me to start making t-shirts and uh, without any kind of like real financial consequences, right? If the design didn't do well, it just sat there. It didn't cost me any more money. So I could, you know, that was a, that was a benefit. And as I started making t-shirts, then people were like, oh, do you make rash guards? Oh, do you make geese? Do you make shorts? Do you make this? And it's sort of just, I went, oh, okay. And I, you know, and again, funding this all myself, my full-time you know, job was, was real estate and, and still is, you know, my wife and I have our, our real estate business. And so this was a side 
you know, project that really um, was fun, but turned into a complete full-time second, you know, job. And, and now, I mean, it's, it's so fulfilling and I'm so grateful for even where we are because it's just the beginning um, of, of our growth, but to see the people um, that were supporting me was huge um, because it is hard to do. It's hard to create a brand and it's hard to get people to, to, to get on board with that. And it's hard to not be a one trick pony and not just be a flash in the pan, you know, like to create a, a brand, a long-term brand and, and, you know, and become part of the jujitsu um, history and community and really get yourself in there. I mean, you definitely have to have a lot of solid components working together. It's, you know, like I could only get my buddies to buy my stuff for so long if my gear was bad, if the designs weren't, you know, weren't good. Um, but I was the one thing that I, that I really believe is a, is a huge part of, um, how I ended up here is just from networking. It's from being a black belt in networking, you know, and building relationships because I, I came to people very openly about this brand and I was like, Hey, so-and-so you're awesome. I make this gear. Would love to share it with you. You know, you don't need to post anything on Instagram. You don't need to pay me anything. You don't need to do anything like that. You just check it out. And if you like it, cool. And so right out of the gates, you know, I mean, I, I gave a lot of products away to people to really, you know, get it out there and for people to try it because I, I understood that, you know, especially if you're using things like drop shipping, your pricing is not going to be the cheapest. You're not going to be the cheapest guy on the block. And, and, um, so with all that being said, I, I, I felt like going out, building relationships one at a time, you know, just sharing the brand with people ended up paying dividends because then people came back and they were like, Oh, I really like this. And, Oh, this isn't some hard sell and there's no requirements and there's no whatever. And, and, you know, what was amazing that we talk about a lot is how many people wear our brand that we don't pay. Like we don't really pay athletes, you know, sponsor podcasts, you know, the jujitsu podcast. I've been working with him for a long time and with Nick and, um, but in general, like we don't do that. So the people that are wearing it, you know, it's, it's easy to pay somebody to get them to wear your stuff easier, I would say. Um, but when people are genuinely wearing it because they like it, that's, you know, that's, that's huge. So, as I, I started getting more and more messages from people that were like, this is my favorite jujitsu brand. And I'd see people making these orders and it was so humbling because I'm like, this is something that just, you know, I created and now is a part of the community in, you know, a big way in my own way. You know, it might not, we're not the biggest company, you know, out there yet, but I see the impact it's made and I've seen the, the positivity through that and the relationships that I've been able to build, you know, through it. And so that's like been invaluable, you know, to me and, and what's sort of continued to motivate me to keep pushing forward and to keep trying to, you know, grow this. Yeah. It's my coach once said to me when, um, you know, I had a, a few uh, BJJ wiki shirts and it was like, you know, bring them by the gym, you know, you know, teammates will, you know, always be happy to support. And and it's always interesting when you, you know, first make something or put something out there and you get that support. And it's like, oh, my God, like, you know, it, it's like, you know, winning a UFC title, you know, once you become champion, you start getting better. 
you know sure. it's like you're already good but it's like now you're champion now it's like you go up like you know 20 experience points it's like you get that that uh encouragement from your teammates or friends and it's like you know th those uh points go up now it's like oh okay and it comes back so you know it it's good to hear you know from someone personally just the ideal that you know getting that support and how important it is because there's so many different stories you know you're hearing whether it's accurate or not i'm not sure you know i'm not one to go and say hey i think that guy's lying over there but they're like you know i did it all on my own and i didn't have anyone support me you know i didn't have anyone you know with my back i had to you know just do this from the ground it's like a lot of people do start from the ground you start from the ground and here you are but as you're acknowledging you have that support and and that's so key uh you know with yeah. with you know the ideal of you know the support system being there in place you know just from whether it be teammates or um you know now you know other uh bigger names out there now you know what's it like you know now you know in in training you know at your gym you know as you start moving up now, it's like, hey, you know, there's Matt, this the epic role guy, you know, like, what is that like for you at the gym? It's, it's, it's fun, man. Um, I, you know, I remember being out at ADCC at the last ADCC and I walked around and I saw like six different people just randomly wearing epic role shirts. And I'm, you know, I was like, I am on the other side of the country. Granted, I'm at a jujitsu <laughs> event, but, but it was just, you know, seeing that and I had people come up and they wanted to take photos. And I, I was just like, wow, this is very strange, you know, because my identity has, you know, epic roles become like part of my identity, but, but that's because I built so many personal relationships with people like growing this brand. Like I think you know, there was some level of uniqueness to it for people to be able to talk to the guy who owned it and also was designing stuff and was also on the social media. It was like kind of direct access, you know, to me. And I just like was a normal dude. And um, and so people have been so cool and so supportive. And and uh, our school is, you know, extremely supportive. We have people in there wearing Epic Roll all the time. And um you know, I, I just, I was under no delusion that, that this was going to be the last cool jujitsu brand and that there won't be other cool brands that come out and everybody wants to have, especially how available, you know, building things like this are assuming you have, you know, a good name, good marketing, good product, but the resources are way more available now than they were say 10 years ago. So this is a very interesting time for, for us to be at the, you know, base of the mountain of where, of what we're growing at this time and place with jujitsu, because it's more popular than it's ever been. There's, there's so much more out there. So it's ingrained in, in society a lot more than it, than it used to be. And there's all these awesome resources to be able to grow a brand. But the, for me, it was like, I had to create cool stuff, but I also had to build those relationships. And I think people wanted to support me. You know, they liked the brand for sure, but they also wanted to support me. And, um, and so, you know, it's, it's kind of a trip because I remember, I think our first year of sales, which I want, I kind of say 2018 was like the year, um, like our first year, but I think we did like $2,400 in sales, like for the year, you know what I mean? Just like, which I, at that point, I was even like, oh, well, there's 
it's not a negative. So, you know, whatever. Um, not knowing that I was kind of laying the groundwork for where we were going. And, you know, now we'll have, you know, three to $5,000 days. You know what I mean? Now we're doing well over six figures and, uh, and, and just at the beginning part, like I said, of, of where we're growing. So I, I think it's cool, man. There's, there's, it's such a fulfilling business to be in. Um, and it requires so much work and, and, you know, this notion that entrepreneurs or people that go, Oh, everybody's against me and my back's against the wall. I got to do it all myself. There's some truth to that because for a long time, nobody cares, right? Every Instagram post you make everything, nobody cares. Nobody sees it. Nobody pays attention to it. But if you push past that and you keep going, you know, because you have a higher purpose and you have a vision and, you know, whether that's in the beginning or something that develops and evolves over time, but if you stick with that, eventually, eventually people do start to care and do start to notice. And I had a very, I think, organic evolution from the inception of this to where we are now um, to get us here. But in my opinion, that built so much of a stronger brand awareness and brand loyalty to people, you know, that um, then when we started getting these amazing people involved, and people who are now like friends of mine, it just it just added more, right? Like you know how people are with with marketing. Like if uh, a Kardashian goes on and is like, "Hey, this is the best makeup that you should buy," like that's pretty much all they got to do, and then people are going to go out and buy that, right? Because they just they have they command that level of authority with their audience and um, and have that trust. And so I started having these amazing people. Um, pushing epic role just on the friend side, you know, just being supportive. And, and so, other, you know, that obviously uh, helped gain some attention and I can't really think of another brand that, you know, like recent jujitsu brand that started that had that level of, um, you know, social influence right out of the gates and the, the you know, the people that we have, I mean, we have some of the, like there's almost nobody in the industry that we can't get in touch with and that we don't have a connection to, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's pretty, um, it's pretty amazing. So, uh, so I, you know, for a long time, yeah, I, I went through this just feeling like I was by myself, but, uh, a hundred percent, the only reason why we got here was because I didn't quit and we, and we had these amazing supporters, you know, and, and, um, customers that, that helped, motivate me to keep going of all the uh, I, I guess the bigger names right now that are you know supporting the brand and everything you know that are now friends who's the most like who's the one right now that you just like you have to slap yourself every so often like holy shit i'm friends with so-and-so yeah. yeah there's a few uh there's a few but i will say that the person that i I nerd out with almost the most and, and it's just because of how old I am and where, when I, the time I grew up in the music, but Michael Kroger from Nickelback is the one, you know, he, he's yeah. one of my really good friends and, and it blows my mind because this guy like, and this band, 
Love them or hate them, dude. They're, they're, I mean, they were one of the biggest rock bands in the universe. I grew up like listening to them. And when you put on Spotify and you go to Nickelback, my son's girlfriend, 18 years old, not even from that generation, we were playing it at the house and it was just like 10 songs in a row. And she's like, Oh, I know that song. Oh, I know that song. And I was like, Of course you do. Of course you do because it's Nickelback. That's why. So Michael Kroger is definitely one of those. Um, Mike Beltran, you know, like we talk weekly all the time. In fact, um, he just called me earlier and we're, and is, uh, we're going to be doing and making the gear for uh, his school as well. A lot of the Epic World Tribe, you know, making stuff for Eddie Bravo. Um, uh, you know, we did the Death Punch geese. We're kind of, we're doing custom stuff with everybody. We're getting ready to do a gee with Jeff Glover. That's, that's another one who's, you know, a great friend that I'm just like, whoa, it's Jeff Glover. It's like, you know, um, so yeah, man, I, I'm, you know, and then with he Heather Gracie being in the picture that, that was like a whole nother level because then we had uncle henzo and then we had hodger gracie and we had you know like the love and support of all the gracies and so for me it doesn't even compute it makes sense in my head like i let you know i i get these phone calls and i talk to these people and i'm like wow like these people are genuinely my friends but we we built relationships not through me being like a fanboy or anything like that it was like genuinely because these folks operate at such a higher level in general that most of them don't have time for any bullshit. Like they don't have time for, you know, for, I mean, they'll, they'll kind of weed out the phonies and, you know, people right out of the gates and they don't open themselves up uh, to, to, to that level of friendship unless they really trust you. And these relationships were just all built on just friendship and trust and like, and just genuinely wanting to help each other. And uh, so Obviously, these were things that had to be cultivated. They didn't just, you know, happen overnight. Um, but, but now, like looking back, I mean, I can sit there and I can call some really amazing people to ask for advice or to throw ideas around or to get support on certain things or whatever. And again, I just I find that to be an invaluable asset and resource. And so I try to also do what I can to to. Um, keep those relationships you know as a high priority and do everything i can to help it's kind of a, like the more you go out there to try to solve people pro people's problems and and help them um the more you'll you know universally end up re receiving you know back like you just go at business uh with a mindset of of solving problems and giving you know to people and that i think in a world of terrible shrewd businesses and business practices stands out as something very sort of unique and makes people feel a lot more comfortable, you know, to, to end up working with you. So it's like, like you said, it's kind of a, you know, give and take, you know, so many people take, 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 but to, to build those relationships and that trust, you know, there, there has to be, you know, from your end, you know, showing like, Hey, I'm willing to help where I can, how I can, what you need from me. And they give it right back. So that's yeah. good. And, yeah. you know, kind of to go back to the Nickelback thing real quick. It's funny because you and I, we're actually uh, around the same age. We, yeah, you know, we're, we're the same uh, bracket there. Yeah. Um, And 
I, growing up, listened to a lot of Nickelback, you know, those early 2000s. It, it's funny now because, you know, I, I always feel like as soon as they start trying to tear you down and making fun of you, you know, you made it because, you know, what, five, six years ago, you know, just was hearing like things about Nickelback and like, oh, God, Nickelback. It was like, what? <laughs> like, are you kidding? Like, you, you know, I'm flipping through my phone. It was like, it can't, you know, it's countless numbers of, you know, oh. Nickelback songs. Just if I put it on hit mix or, or, or shuffle, hit, bro. Yes. I mean, it, it's inc- it's incredible. Like, and their concert, my son, this is how lucky my youngest son is. It was his first concert he ever went to. Michael is in town here. They're playing at this event. So he's like, you know, come up, meet us around back. So we literally drive around, you know, back by the tour bus. We get escorted from my car straight to Michael's tour bus where he has had like drinks and everything and literally just him and my family like sitting there. So my my youngest son, Jed, his first musical experience was like the most epic VIP backstage tour watch from side stage, you know, Nickelback experience um, ever. And while, you know, that probably wasn't like him going to some Kanye concert or something like that, you know, but they that's like that's what he got to be exposed to and it was we still my wife and i still talk about that's like our favorite concert we ever went to i mean they rip dude they're so they're so good in concert and michael's just one of the nicest like genuinely nicest dudes anybody who you who meets michael they say the exact same thing. Like you could never find a guy, anybody to say anything bad about him. He's just literally such an amazing guy. And they're, you know, they shot a documentary and they're still negotiating um, with who's going to put it out, whether it goes like Amazon prime or Netflix or whatever. But he sent me the documentary with this code so I could go in and, and watch it. And I was like, man, that it was amazing. And it just reminded me again of like how huge they are. Dude, their shows sell out people rock out and, and, you know, Chad said something in the documentary where he's like, at this point in my life, like I'm not making music for non Nickelback fans. He's like the people that are at the shows are Nickelback fans and they're there because they want to be there. And everybody had a blast and it was just, you know, it was phenomenal. So, yeah, so, I mean, that, and, and that's and the funny part is, is when we did the photo shoot out in L.A., um, when we did this photo shoot where we had michael and nice. you know and, and mike beltran and bobby and everybody here bmac he was like the one that was like he kept coming to me going oh matt thanks so much for letting me be a part of this and let me be and i was like what what do you mean like what are you talking about dude like yeah no you're a part of it like you're good like th- thank you you know so um yeah it was it's it's a trip man it's a trip yeah, it, it's crazy when 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 they're like thank you to you it's like like <laughs> yeah. you know when you're trying not to fanboy out it's like yeah <laughs> no thank you thank you <laughs> that's got to be surreal oh. just to have that moment 100% 100% and yeah um, i mean these these people are you know and i again i have two of the best business partners and i mean that's how you know having heather is why dana white you know was wearing epic role i mean that's like that's another one where i just i couldn't even really compute how that you know even when when i saw that there was just something going through my head too like trying to it it wasn't clicking it was like 
because I mean, you know, for all of us in this community, you know, jujitsu community, you know, which is the MMA community, you know, it's like so to see Dana White wearing it's like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was a wait, big holy shit that. moment for sure. I know that brand. I know that guy. Wait, I know those things. So yeah. super yeah. cool. Yeah, it was really cool. And Zoe and I were on his tour bus with the band on the way to their first show or one of their last shows. It was at this festival, however many months ago it was. Um, and we were there on the bus together and our phones start blowing up, you know, like, oh, Dana White, Dana White. And so it was cool to be together when when that happened, you know, because that was just such a sort of huge, uh, huge moment as well. So. So entrepreneur is an interesting word. Um, I, I always, again, being on social media as, as much as I am, I see a lot of people label themselves as entrepreneurs. I have friends that label themselves as entrepreneurs. As I look at what you've done and you mentioned yourself as an entrepreneur, what in your words does entrepreneur mean? So I, I don't say that it means that you have to be the owner of a company to be an entrepreneur, but, in my mind, there's a heavy association to that, whether you're part of a, a team that started a company or you created or developed something, but um, even just working for yourself. I mean, there's so many different levels of being an entrepreneur, but for me, it was, it was like I came from this corporate background and had been at, you know, pretty high levels of that corporate background. And then experience what it was like when a big corporate company says, hey, we're going to sell because we're going to make millions of dollars and goodbye. And and you've now spent all your time, money and effort putting it into something that you don't own. So to me, you know, being an entrepreneur was being somebody that had ownership in the companies and in the brands and things that I was building because I just I thought to myself, you know, if you are committed to not failing, then you don't have to worry about job security. But that was a concept that I think a lot of people have a hard time grasping or, you know, even we had family members that would look at stuff I was doing and it was like, oh, well, you should just stay with this company and be safe and do this and do that. And I'm like, but I don't, I don't own it. So case in point, you know, a company I worked for and made a lot of money for, one day was like, by the way, we're selling for $42 million to this other company. And so we are no longer in need of your services or any of these other management and da, 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 da. And, you know, and as, as a business owner, I get it. Like you can't fault somebody for growing something and then wanting to sell it at whatever time. It's their right to be able to do so. So you either are building your own future and your own company, or you're going to help somebody else build theirs. And that's fine because it's certainly not for everybody. I mean, the amount of failure, the amount of disappointment, the amount of hardship and struggles and obstacles has way superseded, you know, the, the wins on this journey. But at the end of the day, I'm, I decided to invest in myself and I, I could never see going back 
um, another way. Because once you work for yourself and you support yourself and you make money, you've now proven your theory right. Like you can do it. Now it's just about you know, the long game, like, can I sustain this? Can I have a balance? Like, you know, one of the things people I think struggle with in entrepreneurship is this balance of like health, wealth, love, and happiness. There's these components that you sort of need to have, I think in my mind to live a really fulfilled life uh, because I've had extremes where I've experienced working for a company, making a lot of money, but having no uh, work and life balance. So I don't see my wife, I don't see my kids, you know, I'm on the road all the time. And what fun is that? You know, that's not the the type of life. I, I think what I did is I got very clear in this vision of what I wanted my days to look like. So, you know, I could, I could very detailed, uh, exp- in a very detailed manner, explain from when I get up to when I go to bed, how I want my life to look. So then once you do that, and you're very clear on that, you can reverse engineer how to get there. Right. And, and that's going to come with adjustments along the way, but you could start to go, okay, so this, I want my freedom to do this, this, and this. I want, you know, to be able to provide this, this, and this. I want to go on X number of vacations. I want to, you know, whatever that is for you. But once you get very clear on that, it's a lot easier to work backwards and start to take the steps to get there. Right. It's, if, if, uh, it's surprising how many people, if you ask them, like, what do you want your day to look like? What do you, what, if you could do anything, you know, what would that be? A lot of people actually don't know, you know, they just think I just want money, right? I just want money. I just want to do. And that is such a uh, cannibalizing concept to just, you know, focus all on money, all on money. You know, I mean, Epic, that it was the last thing on my mind was that, oh, this is going to support my family one day or whatever. No, it's starts with you and your passion and like what you can, you know, what you want to give your time and energy to, because we work so many hours in our life and uh, spend so much time in that space that wouldn't that be brilliant if we could do something that made you feel fulfilling, fulfilled as a human being, you know, that, that even though it's not easy every single day, but that the work you're doing is satisfying and, and fulfilling you as a human, uh, that's, that's a huge gift, you know? So, so for me, I was able to position myself with businesses that I'm passionate about. I get to work with amazing people, you know, doing, and yeah, it's a big struggle and it's a lot of hard work. Um, But I kind of feel like, you know, there was, there was a quote, I think Jim Carrey said that his dad told him, um, which was like, I'm paraphrasing, but like you could fail at the things that you hate too, you know, so you might as well try to do the things you love and um and yeah so so that's that's kind of what i did and that's um the very long-winded <laughs> explanation of what i think of a entrepreneurship i don't know that's an amazing answer dude and and you know just you know as you as you're going through that i'm, I'm just thinking it's like that's got to be you know a, a little uh nerve-wracking a little scary you know, to a degree, at least, you know, I'm thinking to myself, it's like, you know, if, if I'm like branch out, but like you said, it's like, you, you didn't come into this thinking, you know, this is going to support my family one day, you know, and I think that's so important because, you know, I have friends who, you know, I've discussed early on before I started a podcast, you know, they're doing podcasts and, you know, immediately out the gate, they're like, look, our objective is to make a bunch of money. We don't have to work anymore. It's like, why don't you go in and your objective is to have fun and enjoy it. And then maybe the money comes with that. 
um, you know, down the line. I feel like, and, and not for everyone, but I feel like if you go in immediately thinking I'm all about the money, you've created something that's going to be problematic if you don't make the money that you expect to make right away. Now right. it's a failure in your own mind versus I'm here to have fun and I'm here to enjoy my time or I'm passionate about this thing. And then you get out there and it's like you still have that passion, money or no, that passion is always there, whether it be jujitsu, whether it be action figures in my basement all over the place, whether it be, you know, talking to people, you know, mm-hmm. however it goes. But, you know, your, your long winded answer, you know, it's super inspiring. Just listening to it was like, you know, I'm, look, I'm going to be honest with you, like this is the second time I kind of started like get like my eyes started kind of getting misty a little bit. I was like, God yeah. damn, that is, that is a <laughs> beautiful answer. <laughs> like, like, but thank you, you know, thank you for sharing that though. Yeah, no, I mean, it's I, my, my goal, my long-term goal is to inspire other entrepreneurs and share my stories and, and my successes and failures with people to encourage them to go out and take risks and to, to try to do big things because that I, you know, I look back at a, a lot of different people that inspired me along the way and listen to all these stories of people that are, you know, crazy successful, but went through bankruptcies and went through tons of failures and went through hardship. And it was just, I don't know anybody who's super successful, to be honest, who didn't struggle like immensely to get there. And that's the road that you have to be able to accept through this. It's like, and that's where passion fills and bridges those gaps of, of disappointment and, and, you know, not feeling motivated and and things like that. It's like, well, that, that's the point, because if you're doing this work, it's going to be whatever your business is, you know, if you're growing a business, if you're trying to grow something yourself, it's just going to take time and it's going to take effort and, um, it's a grind. So to hate what you're doing, but doing it for yourself, it's not the answer. You know what I mean? And I think, I think that's why I say it's so important for people to get very clear on what they want their life to look like. Because it's not to say that there, there are people, look, there are Amazon people that are selling things on Amazon that are making hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? Um, and they're selling coat hangers and widgets and things like that. So, but even with that, there's a grind to understand that model, to understand marketing and what products you have to sell and all, all you know, there's a bunch of, it's like, when you look at influencers or you look at YouTubers or, you know, making content is not easy and making good, compelling content is even harder. So while everybody's got a a camera in their hand, like 1% of the population knows how to monetize that and do something with it. So, so it's not, it's not easy. And that's where, you know, whatever industry you're in, my advice to anybody who's trying to do that is like, become an expert at your, at your business, you know, learn as much as you can invest in yourself. Like the, your skills are directly related to your income, you know? So if you're a valuable person with skills that other people don't have, you'll be paid more money for that. If you can flip a burger, like 10,000 other people can flip a burger, your, your financial gain is going to coincide with that, right? So you have to just figure out what it is that you want your life to look like, how much you're willing to invest in yourself and developing your skills. Um, and, and again, 
you know, that cliche of like, it's all who, you know, like there's just so much value in networking and being around the right people, you know, surrounding yourselves. Like my partners are multimillionaires with Ferraris and beautiful houses and all this stuff. Like, cool, man. Show me how, show me the way. Like, that's where I want to be. Not because it's just, I'm a materialistic person, but because like, I'm of the idea that I don't let society convince me that wanting a, a, an upscale life with nice things is a bad thing. You know, like you can very easily go down that road where people are like, I don't want this. I don't want that. I just want enough to get by and whatever. And that's fine. But I really feel like that's a societal influence, uh, whether it's coming from your your parents or, you know, friends or you just giving yourself a break on the not doing the hard work that it takes to get there. Right. I don't need this. I don't need that. I we're on this earth for a very short period of time. Like, yeah, I want to go and travel the world and I want to take care of my family and I don't want to have to think if I want to go on a vacation, I want to be able to, you know, like have nice cars, have a nice house. Like, you know, so I'm, I'm working towards those, those goals. And I've positioned myself around people who are living the, the lives and, and the lifestyles and not just materialistic, like good people, you know, good people who know, so much about business and have been down their own roads and mistakes that have given a tremendous amount of information to me to help me avoid these mistakes. So for me, I want to grow these brands to be some of the biggest around so that I'm afforded the opportunity to be able to share my story and, and, you know, hardships and things with people to inspire them because I think that's like the most fulfilling thing you could do. Like money is great. Everything's great. But, but to make an impact on society, to make an impact on people and to be able to help people and be a, a resource for them to push through those times. Like that was integral to, to me and my success. So I want to be able to, you know, pay that back and, and do the same thing. So it's really like a, a constant reminder to myself of, no, you have a responsibility because you were lucky enough to be in this position. Like you have an opportunity to have an influence on people through your products and your brands. And so I take that seriously. And that again, motivates me to kind of keep growing and growing because, you know, let's be honest, like if somebody's sitting there and they're not better off financially than you are, you might not listen to what they have to say. Right. So there's a certain level of success that you kind of you don't have to be Grant Cardone, you know, but you got to got to get up there so you can, um, you know, have people's attention. So um, I'm very aware of that. And that, I think, is ultimately my, you know, um, sort of my my goal. Absolutely. I, I think, you know, we need, you know, what you're offering there, inspiration. You know, I think a lot of people need inspiration, positive inspiration specifically. It's like you can get inspired by people who are saying a lot of things that are, I don't want to say nonsense, but it's like, that doesn't sound very like, uh, I mean, but they're there, but that doesn't sound very kind. Whereas like the things that you're saying, it, it you know, it's inspiring. And also, you know, I, I can say from my own personal experience and then also here in, the, in this, you know, conversation, you know, you're just a good dude. Uh, I mean, again, you know, going back to, you know, how we were introduced through social media. And then you invited me out to, you know, you know, where you train at, you know, I went out there. I was like, okay, cool. You know, you didn't know you. I don't even think I knew what you looked like. It was yeah. like, okay, sure. Cool. I'll, I'll go out here. I'll, I'll drive, you know, 90 minutes and get out there. And, 
you, you know, I got the opportunity to roll with you. You're still a uh, brown belt at that time. Yeah. Now you're black belt here. Congratulations on that. Thanks. Um, but you know, you know, I always say you can tell a lot, you know, about a person, you know, by how they roll and you're super, you know, super cool. You know, you weren't like trying to bull rush me. No, no one at the gym was actually, yeah. you know, everyone out there is extremely polite. And I think, you know, as your community, as you know, the influences around you in all walks of life, you know, you know, that that's how you all are. I mean, it's like I roll with your teammates out there. Super nice people roll with you. Super nice. You know, listen to you here. Super inspiring, super nice. And, you know, that all carries over. It all has weight. And I can't, you know, tell you how much, you know, we in the jujitsu community especially appreciate you. So thank you that's for awesome, all of that, dude. That, that, I mean, hey, that's it's amazing to have a, you know, to have any level of, of that um, from what I've created come across is, is, you know, uh, flattering and very, you know, gratifying. And, and yeah, I think, you know, I think there's a difference between successful people and like, who are like charlatans and who are phony and will just use and backstab you. And, and even though there, that exists in probably all industries, in some way um jujitsu has a like there's this deep knit brotherhood like that's already existing there so then when you get people that you know you take a couple of black belts who have all been through jujitsu long enough to get their black belt there's an immediate level of respect and going oh wow okay you put in your time like you that's awesome um and they're and being good people like we we wouldn't be able to exist with like a bad apple in the group. Like you just wouldn't, you wouldn't stick around. You wouldn't survive. You'd get, you know, we, we would move away from that because everything we're trying to do is, is coming from a place of positivity and, and friendship and support and love and passion. And so that's the characteristics and that's the elements that we bring into the business through ourselves and through each other. And it's like, it's incredible what you can accomplish when you have, that kind of support you know and when you come at it from from that place um, rather than just trying to find your ladder up you know by using people to get to the next step and that happens a lot you know and there's there's usually again every successful person has stories about folks they know in the past who have tried to do that and been snakes in the grass um but we've we have such a such a really good group of people um that again i've you know, not to repeat it, but it's just, it's a huge blessing to have the people I do surrounding me to continue to, to grow this and, and, um, and help it. And that's why I'm so confident that we'll have, you know, grown the biggest jujitsu brand on the planet. Like we just, that's the way it's going to be. And so that's what we're going to do. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you're, you're moving in that direction and, you know, like I said, everywhere I look, it's like, Oh, okay. Up, epic roll. I know that brand. I know that brand. I recognize <laughs> that brand. Um, seeing all the, you know, you know, everything, you know, that you've done and where, where you've come from, you know, and, and especially in the jujitsu community, you know, you got to black belt, you know, that that's not something that's given that's earned, you know, that that takes hard work, talent, skill, all of it. But I want to know, what are you not good at? Hmm. 
in life, just in general, or in jujitsu? In general, in general. lots of stuff in jujitsu. I'm probably not good at. Um, <laughs> uh, I would say that I have a hard time delegating um, because I, because I look at the fact that the reason that I was able to, I think, start Epic Grow and grow it came from me utilizing a bunch of skills that I picked up along the way. That's why I'm so big on like, you know, skill building and like how valuable are you? What do you bring to the table? Because you never know what opportunities you'll find yourself in. And if you're a resourceful um, person who's a quick learner and, you know, can really, you know, work hard, there might be things and paths that you'll take that you didn't even know were, were there. So I've had a hard time delegating because I create designs, you know, and, and, and so to just hand that off to somebody would, would be really tough to, to not deal with every customer, you know, directly and, and trust that somebody else is speaking to them in the same way that I would like, it's the difference of, I could respond to somebody and just say, here's the answer. Or I could respond and be like, Hey, I hope you have an amazing day too. Thank you so much for your support. And those two extra sentences completely change the way that a text message or a message, you know, would be conveyed to somebody. So that's, I think, a part of growing a company. And I think that's also one of the big challenges is like the culture you create and the checks and balances, the systems, and really just requires a lot of thought and effort um, and diligence to, to kind of grow it that way. Because I, I'm very aware that as one person, you know, doing physical work or whatever, I, you know, you, eventually this has to change right eventually like we're bringing on sales reps now and we're doing you know certain things that are starting to evolve the um the company but that's always something i've been i've struggled with you know just being able to go here let me get some help with this instead of let me just take it on myself let me just do it all because i'll do it right you know i'll do it this way in my way so so i definitely um have struggled with that and that's something that you know it's you have to be real with yourself about what you're good at and what you're bad at and, and what you need to work on. And um, that's something that, that stands out to me kind of regularly. I, I get that with one of our other podcasts, my co-host was like, Hey, you know, one of my coworkers, she wants to run our Instagram. And I was like, on one note, I was like, yeah, I mean that that's one less thing we have to do with, with all the other things that we're doing. But then the other thing about it, though, is I don't know that she's going to be able to capture, you know, our sense of humor, our personalities in the posts that we put out there on, on that specific Instagram accounts. Yeah. Because, you know, we're a couple silly guys and we we find silly content to repost. And it's like, I don't know. I, I think she's going to take it one direction and we could explain like what we like. But, you know, it's still, you know, we have you know, we know what we're looking for. And I, I get what you're saying there. Cause it's like, you know, what you're looking for, you know, you know, that look, this attention to detail has to be paid. And even if, you know, you know, when it comes down even to the bottom line, just how you greet somebody or how you send them off, all those little details matter. So I, I get what you're saying, my friend. Yeah, man, it's, it's, it's tough. And I felt very connected to this brand from the beginning, obviously, you know, I spent mm -hmm. one of the hard things was I, I would always, um, for the longest time for years, I would, um, anything that I shipped out from, from here, you know, because obviously t-shirts and certain things are, are, are made on demand and go directly to the customer. But 
our geese, no geese stuff, shorts, things like that. I would send out personal thank you cards in, in all the packages that I'm sending out to people. So that was fine for a while. But then when you're going in every two days, you're 20, 30 orders, handwriting all of that. And and we have, uh, it's it's such a beautiful thing, but we have like a very high return customer rate. So this might be somebody's seventh purchase and I can't write them the same card every single time and just like, Hey, you already said thanks and welcome to the family or whatever. So now I'm writing this like, wow, thank you for the continued support. And I hope you're doing well in this. And I would, I, it was, it was such a, a, a lot of extra work, but I kept getting messages on Instagram and, and emails from people that were like, Hey, that like, I love the product. Everything's great, but I really appreciated the, the letter you wrote. Right. And as we got bigger and bigger and bigger, it became very clear that I was going to have to do one or two things. I was either going to have to find out uh, another thing that I can do to replace these handwritten letters, or I was going to have to get one of those systems where it handwrites your letters and it looks like it's handwritten, but it's not. And I personally was against that idea because I just feel like it's, it's, like you're not, I'm not fooling you. You know what I mean? Like when you get a letter from yeah. somebody, it looks like it was written and the sign, you're like, what, what are we doing here? Like this, are you trying to convince me that you actually wrote this? You did? It seemed like to me that was like disingenuous and just not the the way I want to go. So that's why it took a while to actually figure out, you know, what we could make and put in, in the packages that would, um, that would sort of accomplish the same thing of, of thanking the person, you know, maybe showing some of the people that are involved in the brand, giving a discount, having an ability to leave a, a review, you know, A, B, and C. But that was something that I, it was hard to transition from. And now has saved me so much time and been amazing. Um, but it was also kind of sad because I, you know, I, 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 I liked having that personal connection, but you can't, I mean, it just, it, it's impossible. I would have to have somebody full-time just sitting there writing letters. And, and again, it doesn't make sense to just keep writing the same thing over and over. So this sort of became a, a thing and that's just, you know, that's just business evolving and having to make those decisions, the best ones that you think possible to, that are still adding value and not taking away from the customer experience, you know, but who, who, who knows, man, I don't know. I wasn't, told whether this is the right or wrong way it's just you just try to use your best guess and, and do the best that you can hey i mean for what it's worth i mean it's the right it's the right way i say in the sense of you know just again being genuine and and letting people know you care you know because there's so many companies now that you know companies are just like you know mass produce anything right. like, like i said I, I collect action figures and I received one in the mail because the boxes are now closed where you can't see it. it. Used to be the plastic casing, you can see what you're getting. Now you can't see anything. So I open up the box. I'm excited. I'm like, yes, got got the uh, you know the uh, training team X Men. I got Storm. I got Bishop or uh, uh, Forge. I got Banshee. I'm excited, and I open up the box, and Storm didn't have a head. Oh. And you know, I'm, I'm trying to find out, hey, who can I contact to, to get this character replaced? And it, it's all these these, you know, ladders and, and, and hoops I got to, you know, climb and jump through. And finally, I just went to eBay and some for some weird reason, somebody had 
the head for that character for sale, which is disturbing in its own. It might've been your head. That might've been your head. You know, <laughs> that's what my wife said. She was like, maybe that person got an extra one. And that was one that you're supposed to get. And I was like, possibly, but to be fair, Hasbro did send me a completely different figure, uh, a, a highly sought after figure. So I will say, I appreciate that from them, but there was still this weird disconnect where I yeah. just felt like, you know, it, it, this is just a company and they're like, look, man, just send them something and shut them the hell up. You know, and it's like, right. oh, right. Well, okay. But, you know, that, that, that personal touch. Removed from their, their experience, yeah. their customer experience, they get detached from that. And it's like, dude, you go through this process and see how, how frustrating it is, you know? And so that's mm-hmm. a tough thing to kind of always, you know, keep in the back of your mind. And you, and that, that's always something I was aware of, like, don't, I mean, you want to grow, right. But like, make sure that you're staying connected to the customer experience and all of that, because that was such a big part of, I think getting to this point that it's definitely going to be a part of taking us to, you know, the next level. Absolutely. The human connection is, is highly, highly overlooked. I think these days. So thank you for keeping that, my friend. Um, <laughs> trying. <laughs> all right. Uh, Matt, I'm glad we were able to finally get this conversation together. Um, this, this has been amazing. I definitely want to have you back on and, and, you know, just, just shoot the shit. Let's let's have a blast with it. Let's, let's party. But before we wrap up here, um, are there any shout outs or mentions that you like to drop for us before we get out of here? Um, well, just again, just want to thank everybody who has supported our brand um, to help us get to this point. We have some really exciting uh, things coming up. Um, where our focus for 2024 is really giving back to jujitsu athletes and trying to support this idea that there's people out there, you know, that are spending money to go out and compete all the time, and usually just for little rinkety dink medals and and their own personal, you know, journey and. Um, and goals. And so we're really trying to, we have some really cool athlete based programs that we're going to be launching this year that um, are going to give these, you know, grapplers an opportunity to make money through supporting our brand and competing um, in Epic Roll gear. And um, it's going to be a bit of a disruptor, I think, for the industry because we're, you know, again, we're fortunate to have some resources to put behind some of these programs that um, a lot of people might not be able to do. And, um, and it's, it's going to be very exciting. So I'm really looking forward to that, um, to us continuing to, to grow and um, yeah, shout out to my, my, again, my two business partners, Zoltan Bathory and Heather Gracie love them to death. And so appreciative of what we're building together and, you know, let's go. Awesome. Uh, thank you for that. And, you know, I'm looking forward to, you know, what you all are going to be doing in, in this upcoming calendar year. Uh, it's actually, this is the first recorded episode, I think, of 20. Nope, second one. Never mind. Drats. I'll take I number two. I, I, <laughs> I thought I had us. I think, I think last week was the first one. I, I just remembered. I, I, I try to stack episodes and then just start like dilling them out. And I was like, wait a minute. Am I at the end of that stack? I'm starting a new one. Um, <laughs> but I'm looking forward to 2024 and what you all have the, to offer to, to the jujitsu world and the community. Um, so thank you for that. 
thank you brother for having me on appreciate it and um you know we're not that far away so come train anytime and we'll definitely hop on another podcast soon i'll bring zo on next time we'll get him we'll get us all on here excellent actually i, I had been thinking it's like you know i do need to get back out there and, and train i had such a good time before and it, it's been a while i have I think when I came out there before, I was really, really grinding. I was in the mix. And now I've kind of, you know, I'm training less. But it's like, you know what? Let me go out there, get a shock to the system, um, and, and and just play around. So we'll definitely uh, get together back out there um, and train. Sounds um, good, buddy. And as always, to everybody listening, thank you. We appreciate you. We appreciate all the supports. And we love you. If y'all have any questions, concerns, criticisms, always feel free to reach out. You can find me at bjj.wiki on Instagram or Off The Mass Podcast on Instagram also. Uh, you know, if you want to be a guest on the show, reach out. Let me know. You know, if you have any suggestions, shoot them my way. I, I'm always open to, to hearing what you all have to say because ultimately, I'm just, you know, just doing this. I just turn on the microphone and, and we record. So if you're listening, you're like, hey, man, you could probably do this better or that better. Please let me know, because I'm not going to get better if you don't tell me. So but if you don't tell me, I assume I'm the best. Um, <laughs> uh, I want to give a big shout out to my friends over at Nerd Rage Radio. Bobby, Chris, Joe, Marilyn, Phil, Ricky, Tiki, Raul, Chucky O, uh, you know, the, the Prince of Wakanda, Evan. Everyone over there, part of that team, uh, thank you. I love you guys. If it weren't for Nerd Rage Radio, we wouldn't be doing podcasts. So, uh, you know, it, it definitely appreciates uh, my friends over there. And February is coming up, so I'll, I'll, I'll be back on there soon. Uh, also, want to give a shout out to my other podcast, So You Like Horror. If you're into scary movies, go check it out. Uh, this year, our theme is going to be Cursed Films. So, any of those films that has some, you know, suspect stuff going on behind the scenes, mysterious deaths going on, just wacky stuff. We're going to be covering that this year. So uh, be sure to check it out. We just finished up the Rosemary's Baby episode. So that'll be coming out this coming Friday. So go check that out. I had a good time recording with my wife about that. So appreciate your ears. And last but not least, I want to give another shout out here to our guests. Mr. Epic Roll BJJ himself, Matt Wallstrom. Thank you for this. And I appreciate your time and also your patience again. Like I, I was scared we weren't going to get this. I thought we we're going to have to use the phone and it was going to sound horrible. But here we, we are. And this is awesome. So thank you so much. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you, man. Absolutely. Man. I appreciate you and everybody else. We love you. You guys keep listening. And we're going to definitely keep making these shows. Thank you, everybody, and bye. They probably said, now let me see his song.